Hi, everyone. So excited for today's episode. We have three amazing dermatology residents with us, not only just residents, but they're also prior SF Derm medical students who are now completing their dermatology residency. I'm really excited to just talk to them about what they're doing now in life as compared to the things we were doing before a few years ago and what their life is looking like, what the journey of residency is looking like nowadays. And this is the future of dermatology podcast. So really, you guys are the future. So this is probably maybe one of the most pertinent uh, episodes that we have. Um, so I'm going to just do quick intros and then have the three of you uh, give me a little bit more background on what you're doing now as well. So first, I'll start with Vid. So Vid Ready is at UCSF now in the Department of Dermatology in his second year. Carmel Akdasi is in her first year at Stanford in the Department of Dermatology. And Alyssa Ortega is at UC Davis in the Department of Dermatology as a second year. Um, thank you for the three of you for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And if it's okay with you, I'll just start in no particular order. The vid, maybe I'll pick on you first. <laughs> if you want to just give us a little more about what you're doing nowadays. Sure. Um, thanks for having me. This is really exciting and it's nice to meet all of you. So I um, actually grew up in the Central Valley. I'm from Bakersfield, California. And I did all of my training through the UC system. So I went to Berkeley for college and um, UCSF for med school. And now I'm at UCSF for residency. And um, I think I'm really kind of in like the throes of second year, sort of have like one year down where everything feels brand new and you're meeting all these new people and learning all these new skills. And I think this year I'm really seeing like an opportunity to get really involved in medical education. So I have, you know, now med students who are looking up to me and like expect me to know things, which is a very new but exciting feeling to have. So um, I think that's kind of like the main focus right now is just like building on the the foundation that I that I built last year. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. That's fantastic. And Vid, I should you mention, where did you do your internship? before uh, good point um so i did my internship at kaiser's in san francisco so i like to think that i'm now like a bay area native even though i'm technically an imposter but pretty much yeah at this point <laughs> fantastic and carmel how about yourself similar to vid um i also grew up in the central valley in fresno um and then went to uc berkeley for undergrad and ucsf for med school um, and then I did my internship at St. Mary's in San Francisco and then came here to Stanford uh, for residency. So kind of made my way through the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in my like fourth month, just had my first call weekend last weekend. So that was quite an adventure. Um, but yeah, I think kind of just trying to find my bearings, make my way through all the different clinical sites and all there is to learn and just try to absorb and soak up as much of it as I can. Fantastic. And Alyssa? Hi, thanks so much for having all of us. Um, as Vid said, this is a really awesome podcast. We're super happy to be here. Um, so I actually am from the Midwest. I grew up in Wisconsin. Um, it's a very different story. I wish I had grown up in California. That would have been nice. No snow. Um, but um, yeah, so I grew up in the Midwest and then I was actually planning on doing a PhD in skin immunology and that led me to a lab at Hopkins. 
And then while I was there, I started volunteering with underserved Latino families and um, within medicine. And so that's what kind of um, opened my eyes to both DERM in immunology and then also working with underserved communities and particularly the Latinx population. And so um, I went to UC Irvine because they have a really good program um, with a lot of underserved Latinx population. Um, so I was there. Then I did my intern year at UCLA, All of You, which also has a very underserved Latinx population. You can sense the theme. Um, and then now I'm at UC Davis and also a second year, like Bid said, kind of adjusting to what it's like to now be expected to know things, but then also have some mentorship responsibilities. And then um, I've started a couple of free clinics to try to address, um, you know, barriers to care and dermatology within Sacramento. And then I also just got married two weeks ago. So lots of exciting things going on. That's amazing. Congrats to you. That, that is a lot of exciting things. And we kind of touched about a little bit, but I'd be super curious just to go maybe a little in depth of what an average day is looking like now and maybe a little bit about your programs are all a little bit different. So if you're from month to month at different sites, are you taking a lot of call? You touched on it a little bit, but what's sort of the nitty gritty of, of your program looking like now? And Vid, I'll start with you again. Sure. Um yeah, if there's any you know medical students who are listening or anyone who's thinking about applying to into dermatology, hopefully this is helpful. But at UCSF, we have multiple different sites, which I think a lot of programs have, and each site is very different. So you know we have the VA where we're taking care of our veterans, a lot of whom come from remote areas in Northern California, and that's where we do a lot of our surgical training and also. Um, first year, like really understanding how to do a full body skin check and just very bread and butter dermatology. And then we also have San Francisco General, which is our safety net population. And that's where we have a lot of our underinsured patients. Um, and we see a lot of various pathology. We take care of a lot of um, people who've recently immigrated, uh, people who have really advanced disease um, morphologies and people who have really struggled to sort of find their way through our very complex medical healthcare system. Um, and then we have our UCSF site, which is kind of um, where we have a lot of our subspecialty care. So our autoimmune clinics, our HS clinics, our melanoma, you know, um, surgical and medical oncology clinics, things like that. So um, I think there's like a lot of variety in dermatology and um, I'm like just now starting to really understand that just when you think you've like specialized in something, you realize there's like 10 more doors to open that you can like go down. So um, yeah, I think that's kind of, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah. And what's like a general day in your life like now too? Is it a lot of clinic studying or? Yeah. Uh, we, so we generally, we have like morning didactics, which are usually over Zoom. And that's a lot of fun because we get to, learn from our faculty who all have their own niche within dermatology. And then we typically have our general dermatology clinics in the morning. And that's sort of when you can have a little bit more independence. You see patients on your own. And then you have, if you have questions, you can talk to your attending dermatologist. And then in our afternoons, that's when you generally have our like specialty clinics that I mentioned. Um, and then I like to be really active. So I'm always, you know, going to Orange Theory or like going for runs. That's kind of like my um, form of release and, and sort of going into my own space. That's fantastic. So you're getting some time to leave the clinic and 
a little bit, a short, short amount of time. And I'm sure there's probably lots of studying in there too, right? That That's the other piece of studying still not done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably study more, but you know, don't tell it. There's always that. <laughs> and so that's interesting. So you guys at UCSF do didactics every day then. That's, that's really cool. And it's all Zoom now. Has anything returned didactic-wise? Has anything really returned in person? Is, is everything still... Back in our day, everything was just in person. I don't even think we had Zoom back in our day. Yeah, we're mostly on Zoom. And then about once a month, we'll all meet up in person just so everyone can see each other and, and sort of like build community too. That's true because everybody could be dispersed in different clinics and exact just to kind of get together with, with your residents. Um, and Carmel, we'll go to you next. What is a typical day as a first-year Durham resident looking like? So we're also kind of split up in different sites. Um, we have a county hospital in Santa Clara and then our VA. Um, and then we have our onc center um, in Stanford's main campus. And then kind of the outpatient clinics are a little bit further north in Redwood City. Um, so I'm on uh, my pediatric rotation right now. So we have four-week blocks. Um, and so that one's based out of Stanford's main campus. Um, today was actually kind of an interesting day. We had our procedure clinic in the morning um, with one of our pediatric dermatologists. So it was a lot of lasers. And then in the afternoon, uh, we had a vascular anomalies clinic, um, which is our multidisciplinary with our radiology, ENT, and, and PEDS derm that team. Um, so yeah, every every kind of half day is a little bit different. Sometimes it's gender or uh, just general PEDS derm. And then we have a few of these multidisciplinary uh, clinics. And then for us, Tuesday and Thursday mornings are our didactic sessions. So Tuesday is um, some derm path, which for the first years is in person at the scope. Um, the second and third years do it over Zoom. And then different um, didactic lectures and codochromes. And then Thursdays we have our grand rounds um, and then some academic time after depending what rotation you're on. Um, and also similar about once a month in person for each of those. Uh, so tomorrow we have in Okay, so it kind of rotates between the Zoom and in person. It's it's going to be such a different feel because so much of it is just the fun of getting together at these didactic things, especially for the residents when it was our, you know, our time. A lot of it was just us goofing around, seeing each other because everybody would be at different sites, but you'd get together for this you know, like didactic session. So it really sounds like that's a little bit different now. Yeah, it's something we actually talk a lot about, talk about a lot here. Um, what's the right balance? I think... Um... We're kind of spread out between like Redwood City and Santa Clara in terms of where we live and our sites. So Zoom is really convenient a lot of the times, but also it's like, oh, it's nice to see people. Um, so I think we're still like shifting in terms of like, kind of figuring that out. So, and do you get still get time to do some fun stuff? Yeah. Um, so I usually, I like going to yoga in the evenings. Um, my family's also nearby. So I stopped by there tonight, had dinner with them. But so nice <laughs> on here. That's fantastic. And how about you, Alyssa? Yes. I, uh, yeah, our our sites are very similar. I think the one that I hadn't heard mentioned is Kaiser. We rotate at Kaiser too, um, which is very nice. And coming from Wisconsin, I didn't know Kaiser. So it's great to have, you know, experience there as a resident. And, you know, then you can think about where you might want to end up later. You have more to compare, right? Um, in terms of our days, we have didactics um, every Wednesday morning and then every other Thursday morning. And then on the alternating Thursday morning, we have our own resident clinic um, where we get pretty much full autonomy. Of course, we're still staffing with attendings, but it's pretty much the plan that we feel comfortable with. And then if we have questions, you know, they're there to 
to give some ideas. Um, but those are some of my favorite patients. And, you know, you develop really amazing relationships with them being their provider over time. Um, let's see, what else? Um, we are a hybrid model right now. I think um, gradually increasing more in person. Um, what I like about Zoom, even though it is nice to really see people in person, Zoom, I love taking screenshots, especially Derm Path, actually, because you can go back to it and it's easier to take notes, whereas in person, I'm like looking at the morphology, really, you know, like kind of squinting my eyes. Um, but yeah, I think we have a good balance of both right now. And it kind of depends on, you know, if we have a grand round speaker coming in in person, of course, we'd be there and welcome them. Um, but then other lectures, it's kind of just easier to do on Zoom since we also, most people live in SAC proper, but there's a few in Roseville and Elk Grove. And so it just makes it easier. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. I, I, I feel like I'm like talking like an old person, like, what's it like? <laughs> but it probably is in some ways a lot more convenient too, because everyone is so busy and you're doing like a million things. So maybe it's just one less thing off the list to do to have to actually like physically travel to this site, do the didactics, and then travel to the other site and do clinic, which is what we were doing before. If you were in a different site, you would come for the thing and then you'd leave. So there's probably advantages to it too. And then when do you, when are you fitting the free clinics in, Alyssa? When, when do you get any free time to do all this other amazing? Yeah. Well, um, there's the one in Midtown, SAC, is um, every other month on Saturday mornings. And then the other one 30 minutes away is every four months, which I would love to do it more, you know, frequently than that. But um, it's just kind of a way to make sure I can attend all of them. And then other residents will kind of drop in as they please too, which is amazing. Um, and then I actually had research time this afternoon, which helps um, because at those clinics, I'm also doing some survey studies. And so um, I could use, it's, that's every one one half day a week, basically, I get research time, which is something that I applied for. And so it helps me kind of plan these dates and, you know, get supplies and things like that. I can use my research time for that, too. So that's fantastic. And then do you have medical students helping you can staff? Yeah, they're amazing. And undergrads, too. The undergrads at UC Davis are kind of like our MAs. And then the um, med students are kind of like the residents. And then we staff almost as if attendings, the attendings are there if we need them, but um, we act as attendings at the clinic and we're the ones who sign off on the notes. And so I think it's a really great experience for everyone. And we most definitely would not be able to do it without the undergrads and med students. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. That's amazing that you're doing that. And I remember the UC Davis um, continuity clinics and UCSF and Stanford might have something similar, but I, I love that you kind of just had ownership early on. So you because there's so many rotations where you just keep rotating, you meet patients, but they're not necessarily your own. So you don't have that sense of like that follow up. But I, I really love that UC Davis does that like early on. They're like, this is your patient cohort and you'll have them for like three years. Um, and then when you leave, actually, your patients miss you. Right? I have a couple that come, that drive over to Palo Alto yeah. still. <laughs> so the, the residency continuity clinic is like it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, I think just like you said, sometimes the disadvantage of being a resident is that you don't see things in follow up like you said and so you don't know did that dose of ILK reduce the size of the keloid or you know just it could be anything right but it's really nice to be able to see them the next time and then if you have a you know more systemic disease kind of managing all the different other consulting services and things like that and you're really almost like their primary care doctor in a way um, and that learning is so much more 
um, meaningful when you're following someone long term and it's not just a one time encounter where you don't know if it helped them or not. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And the other question I had for you guys was because it's such a long road to get to where you are now. I mean, we talked to our medical students not too long ago who are doing the are working with us on SF Derm. So they are now going to apply. They'll have to do internship and then finally end up where you guys are. And they've been in med school. They've already done undergrad. So obviously this is like a really, really long road at this point. So curious, just checking in. Now you're towards the end of the finish line, but what is it feeling like now? Was it sort of everything you thought it would be? Are there parts of dermatology that you're just, you've been dazzled by, excited by even more so? Are there some some areas that are a little bit uh, more of, a downer or bummer <laughs> compared to the expectation that you had. Um, so just curious to kind of check in at this point of the extremely long journey and see how you're, how everything's going. Um, Vid, any comments about this sort of what you're thinking about the field now, all the things you've done coming up to this point? Yeah, um, I think that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah, that's a little more philosophical one and you don't have to answer it, but just because it is really, and sometimes it's just that like self-reflection also that you don't, you don't even do sometimes as a resident, really. There's no time for self-reflection, right? It's like, a go, 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 do this, do that, study. Yeah, I think one thing I wasn't expecting um, is in regard to the relationships that I've built along the way. Because, um, you know, everyone says this, but dermatology is a small community. And I think at this point, I'm actually reflecting back on, like, the mentorships that I started to develop when I was a med student. And now, um, you know, like I see a lot of these people as my friends because we, I've seen them grow too. It's, it's, you know, everyone's sort of at a different stage, but like when you have mentors who are early attendings and now as like a resident, when you have your own mentee sort of, it's interesting to see like, we're all progressing through life um, and celebrating things like weddings or, you know, kids and stuff. So it's really exciting to see like we are all a cohort even if we're at different institutions and we're all you know advancing the field and and like going through life at the same time which i um really appreciate and then i think one of the challenges that i've started to notice is um the impact that patient care has on clinicians in terms of like how much time we spend thinking about our patients like you know you go and you see this complex patient or you get this complex consult and even like after you rotate off or or whatever at, at the end of the day you're like writing your notes like you're always thinking about the this the clinical decisions that were made or or like whether you missed something or whether you could have you know optimized the visit differently and so a lot of the like mental energy and the mental gymnastics that we go through i think i wasn't fully expecting but i know that a lot of other you know doctors can relate to that so that's something that i'm still sort of processing yeah, I know those are like two amazing points. I totally like relate to both of what you're saying. Cause on the one, the, the first point is you're so right. Like a lot of it is you're going through like the the journey, the interviews, and you have this cohort of people that are going with you. And initially it's not really significant because they're just people there, they're other applicants or whatever it is. And then after like two or three years or four years of seeing the same people, you're like, oh, I think these are the people in my life. Like this is this is our crew. And especially if you're like in the application period, it's kind of starts where you're seeing all the med students from everywhere else interviewing at the same programs. 
And then like, I remember like New York week. I don't know if it's still the same. Maybe that's even different now because there's a lot of interviews on Zoom, right? Is that kind of the interview process for you guys or not really? Were you still traveling to interview for programs? No more traveling? Oh my gosh, what is it like now? Because in our day, you had to literally, and that, that's, I swear it's not that long ago, but you had to literally travel to every, um, basically interview. And at any, every interview, there would be whatever, 15, 20, whatever applicants. So eventually you would see the same applicants. But the fun thing is you were staying at the same hotels. So you would like hang out. And then there was at the culmination of it, I think it was January, there was New York week. So it was basically all the New York schools put their interviews together so everybody could be in the same city at the same time. And it was like, you know, Columbia, NYU, like all the, do you guys not do this? Is New York week gone? I am so sad that it is. This, this is like heartbreaking. It's basically because it's at the end of the residency train, like all the interviews. So it's all the people you've met. And then it's like one giant blowout party in New York. Like everyone is just out every night. Someone try to get it together because you have an interview the next day. Oh my God, it's like breaking my heart that this is not happening. So it's all on Zoom now. This is just like, that's it. You don't even see who the other applicants are probably now, right? Oh my God. I need to family meeting with it, actually. I don't know if you remember me, but now that I see your face, I think we had some interviews together. So yeah, but it wasn't ever in the same person. Things. Oh my gosh. I kind of feel like I want to stop everything I'm doing and start lobbying to get residency interviews back. Although the way you guys did it is much more financially. I mean, it was, it was expensive to like travel and this and that. And probably like maybe killing the earth. That's a lot of people flying back and forth. So maybe climate change wise, it's better. But networking wise, because that's when you were saying that, Vid, that's the part that really stuck out to me. Because when you, when you meet people or that's sort of the first um, beginnings of seeing the other dermatologists of your cohort. And then you keep seeing them at conferences. And then like 10 or 20 years later, you're kind of like, well, you know what? I've hung out with you more than I have with my childhood friend, right? So at some point, you're just that that sort of, that changes. Like those colleagues really become part of your life. And then it's funny, like my husband who's not a medicine will come to different events with me and he'll just kind of like walk away. He's like, oh my gosh, you guys are like at a party or something and you're still talking about medicine, which is the second part. It's never done. So I think that's why this cohort really becomes your people too, because they're the only people who understand that. It's like, it's now like 9 p.m. You're at a happy hour, but you start talking about like what you would do for a lab value together. So it's it's such a cool, interesting thing that I think only only this cohort understands. So I definitely, definitely relate to those. But um, but I'll go on to the next. So Carmel, any thoughts on your your side about just how, what, you, what your expectations and how Derma sort of lived up to it? Yeah, I mean, I think we've probably all heard that like med school is like drinking from the fire hose. I think I heard this from someone else. And I don't take credit, but dermatology is like drinking from Niagara Falls directly. Like there is just so much more to learn, um, which I think is like, you know, I knew that to some extent. Um, but when you're like really immersed in it and you're just like learning so much that's new every day, almost every hour of every day. Um, and I think also just seeing how much room there is for creativity in dermatology, um, like even like the most basic thing you know like eczema like you think you have a plan and then like your co-resident would treat it differently and your attending would treat it differently um and and they could all be right um so i think just like really like trying to learn the nuances of everything and trying to like develop your own style and what you think and what you want to do and and learning from other people as well and like everything that they've learned from experience um 
which I think like some of that you expect and it's just very different when you're in it, um, which is I think one of like the best parts and also one of the challenging parts. Kind of. Yeah, no, 100%. So I think that's every first year resident realize because I think as a med student, you see a few AKs, see a few SKs, see some acne, you're like, got it. I got this down. Let's, you know, let's start residency. And then you start and you're given like, you know, this, this many textbooks, which I don't know. Do you guys still have textbooks? Is that gone now too? Kidding. <laughs> I feel like everything's so outdated there. But you just get this like the genodermatoses and your hand, it's just these like all the, and I would say that maybe the one difference is you guys probably have so many targeted therapies now to have to know, right? Because I feel like for us, they came out little by little. So you're like, okay, like IL-12, 13, learning this. But now it's like every day, it's like Jack 1, Jack 2. Now there's a Jack 3. And so I can anticipate like the even the pharmacology could be pretty challenging nowadays, right? And that's just a lot more that the boards could could ask. So it's just, it it keeps, so when what we thought was hard, now it's even more info for like every year or two, it's more and more coming at such an accelerated rate that I can't even imagine it's probably the board studying just becomes harder and harder every year. Um, and then just curious before I get into the boards, uh, are you, and it doesn't have to be a study target to you, Carmel, but in the education, of course, you're getting all the basic science and the medical. Do you feel like you guys are getting enough of um, like practice of medicine, uh, the business of dermatology? Has that changed at all? Coding, prior arts? running a practice do you feel like that is part of it that you're getting exposed to um i think in the first year not too much i've heard like snippets here and there i think there was like a lecture for third years um sometimes but yeah at this point not not too much um and i think it's something i'd love to learn more about i've heard others also or here now and, and i'll fully move on to Alyssa in a second too not to skip it but but just vid and Alyssa just before that before we skip on that topic have you has in the second year has any of that started yet just kind of a little bit more on the management of a practice and the or the business side of medicine i think for me my experience is probably similar to carmel's like a little bit about um billing and like coding things but other than that not really but i think that'd be really useful yeah God, and sorry, I, I digress, but just curious as we were talking about education, that was one piece that I wonder because that was also sort of lacking on our on what you know when we were training and and curious if that's changed over time. But I'll go back to the original question, Alyssa. What are your thoughts now about dermatology in the second year? I think in addition to being very humbling, um, because as we mentioned, you know, there's just always more to learn, and I think that's what drew a lot of us into medicine. And so on one hand, it's very motivating, but on the other hand, you know, it's a challenge. Um, I think that I kind of expected, I think maybe something I didn't expect is a little bit of um, fresh air in the sense that I feel like when you're going through the application process, you're just constantly worried about what other people think, or am I good enough? If I do one thing wrong, maybe I won't match because it's so competitive. And now that I'm on the other side, I feel like I can just be me, which is very refreshing. And I think I appreciate medical students differently than I appreciated myself as a medical student because now I'm interested in them as a person. I want to hear what makes them happy and excited, you know, and I'm not worried about their scores. I'm not worried about how many research publications they have. And I know that I'm sure there are faculty that are still very focused on those things and who are on the admissions committee. And I'm I'm not at this phase, but at the same time, I think it's just a nice 
reflection. And when I think about what I want to give back in the future, if I stay in academics and who I want, you know, to have the opportunity to train. And I think the field in general is becoming more aware and conscientious and supportive of people from different backgrounds. And I love that. Um, and that's just something that I didn't feel um, as much as a medical student. And so it's a nice surprise. And I think it's only going to get better from here. That's such a good, good point because we forget, you know, we go through these steps, but there are points where the process can be almost a little toxic, can't it? It's like this, this sheer intense stress and this sort of intimidation of the whole process and application and, and everybody kind of gets through it and, and, and does it. But there are points where it's a lot of a lot right to kind of go through all of those. Steps. So it's true that you do get to a point when you're just kind of like, you know, it's just, it can kind of be you now. And it's amazing that you are reflecting on that and being a better attending and, and not propagating that like that level of toxicity that can exist sometimes in medical education. And hopefully there's more and more of that because I think yeah, every generation improves improves a little bit on on that. So hopefully it just continues to get better. Um, and then just last couple of points, just wanted to see how is the board studying going? Are you guys feeling good about it? Is it still this looming thing the whole three years? Um, do you feel like you have enough study materials? Vid, maybe I'll start with you. What are, what are your thoughts on the big boards that everyone's worried about the whole three years? Relatively recently, it, you know, they've split it up now that there's like the core exams. So, um, I feel it's nice that it's sort of, you can kind of like focus on one, you know, focus on path or focus on surgery. That's a little bit, uh, I think more like intuitive in terms of how I, study and learn. Um, so I think that takes a little bit of the the pressure off. So I think from my perspective, it's probably a good change. Um, and then now I think sometimes it's like resource overload because, you know, there's question banks and like online resources and textbooks and everyone has a, a different opinion on what the right way to study is. But I think you sort of have to do what works for you. And that's what I'm trying to do. So it sounds like you've got it down, which is good. Because a lot of times it's, it's one or the other. You're either like, that ah, would be fine. Or there's people that are like, oh my God, the boards. <laughs> so it sounds like you're on the better half of that. <laughs> and Carmel, how about you? How, how is that whole thing going? Or are you just not even worrying about it for another year and a half? Yeah, I'd say it's not going. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I definitely have like heard, you know, a lot of different recommendations on how to best study and like Question banks, codochromes. Um, I think right now, mostly just focused on trying to learn through clinic and read about the patients that I see and surviving first year, hundred <laughs> percent. Alyssa, how about you? Is it starting to kind of that part of the second year where it's starting to settle in? Yeah, I think so. We start our course in February, um, and so I think we still have yet to decide which ones we're officially taking because they typically try to have everyone take the same ones, but then every year it ends up switching. So I think um, we ultimately will get to decide which ones, but um, like Vid said, it's kind of nice to be able to focus on just a few topics at a time. And then you're kind of building your fund of knowledge and reviewing it again when you come to the the main exam after third year. And so um, I think it's all about like at the beginning, like Carmel was saying, kind of just reading about the patients that you're seeing in clinic because you remember it better. You have more emotion tied to that encounter than tied to your Bologna book, you know? So um, I think that's a really good strategy for first year. And then second year is when, you know, the Q-banks start to come in and you do feel more pressure in didactics and grand rounds and things because that's the year that you kind of need more knowledge. 
Um, but at the same time, I think our didactics are really strong. And so I feel like they prepare us really well. And um, with the very laid back, it will be fine approach first year for the basic exam was totally fine. And I think that's because our didactics were so good. And then now this is kind of the year where I put in more time on my own um, when I'm not at my free clinics or planning my wedding. Yeah, when you're to all the other parts of life. No, that's fantastic. And the three of you, of course, are going to do amazing because that's that's who the three of you are. And it sounds like you're th the three of you are actually just really not worried about it too, which is the perfect attitude because almost everyone always passes the boards, but you still have to do the freak out before <laughs> it happens. Um, and then lastly, uh, what are you guys thinking about after residency? Are you starting to have some thoughts about that? Do you feel like you have enough tools to try to decide what to do after residency, what jobs to look into? Vid, I'll start with you again. I um, am pretty set on doing general dermatology. I think I, uh, after first year, I sort of was able to see all the other components of derm and I settled on general dermatology. But in terms of the type of practice I'm still trying to figure that out. And we have a, a satellite campus at UCSF Fresno. Um, and we don't really have like a dermatology presence built up there. So I'm trying to see if I want to go back to kind of the area that I grew up in and sort of establish more of, you know, a department there. So we will see. Amazing. How amazing would that be? So you would just start up an entire dermatology department and Kind of run things the way you need and probably just really help with education there too, right? There's lots of residents there. Yeah, there are a couple dermatologists affiliated with UCSF Fresno there, but I think it's not really like a true department yet. So, oh my gosh, exciting things. We'll have to see what, what ends up happening in the next year and a half. Um, Carmel, how about you? It's still a little bit early, but sometimes you might have some thoughts about right now and just going through the different sites and rotations. Uh, leaning a little bit towards medical dermatology, complex med derm, something around there. Uh, but so far, I've really enjoyed everything I've rotated through. So see what it like. Yeah. How about you, Alyssa? Are you kind of starting to think about that yet? Yeah, I think it's weird because our whole lives we banked and be let in or, you know, and then now people are telling me, no, you get to choose what you want. And, you know, that's still very foreign. Um, and right now I like it all. And since I want to serve um, the Latinx, ideally migrant population, you know, there's not that many positions within dermatology that would, um, you know, fund that position. So I'm trying to figure out how I can make that possible. Um, I really loved my intern year at all of you in LA. So um, maybe there, maybe I'll stay at Davis. I think academics um, for sure, but it's just a matter of where I could see um, that patient population the most, I think. Gosh, fantastic. And UC Davis is so great. It's it's hard not to stay at UC Davis. It's just such such a great program. And Karma, if you don't mind, I might ask you that just one more time. I think the audio might have gotten about a little bit there. Uh, so yeah, if you just don't mind, just kind of going over if you're... Yeah, still really open, um, keeping an open mind. I've enjoyed all the rotations I've gone through so far. I'm leaning a little bit towards complex medical dermatology. But we'll see. We can move to our last question. So this is the Future of Dermatology podcast. So we always end with your thoughts on where you think the future is going. This could be future of dermatology, future of dermatology training, residency, any aspect of it. So Vid, I'll start with you. I think, or I'm really excited to see how we're going to incorporate AI into clinical practice. I feel like in terms of diagnostics, uh, risk stratification, assisting with 
diagnosing conditions, derm path. I think there's like a whole spectrum of things that AI is probably going to become more and more incorporated into. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. I agree with you. I'm super excited for that as well. Carmel? Yeah, I'm really interested to see um, how residency selection grows and evolves. Uh, we've had a lot of really amazing med students and sub just in the last few months come through here. And like each month, there's a few of them. Where we're like, oh, how do we pick? They're all really great. And I'm not really involved in that process at all right now. But I think having just gone through it and you know, feeling all that pressure and seeing all the pressure that these students are feeling now. Um, yeah, I think I'm just curious to see, like, how do we decide at this level when people are, for the most part, all really amazing and all really accomplished? How do you kind of stratify through that? And Yeah, it's true. It's like every year the applicants get better and better, right? It's like at some point, how, how do you choose? <laughs> and Alyssa, any last thoughts? Yeah. Um, so I, when I first thought about combining Durham with my interest in Latino health, um, skin of color wasn't something that I knew existed within dermatology because it was still relatively new. Um, and so even though that's the field that I see myself in within dermatology, I also hope that one day it never exists because at the end of the day, dermatology is for all skin types, right? And so I will be interested to see how I think, you know, it's amazing that the skin of color society exists and it always should. And I also wonder, you know, how how will we kind of work ourselves out of a job? And that would kind of be ideal, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's actually when, when, when these societies started to form and they started to really identify that, well, look at the textbooks. There's only maybe a handful of photos showing what something would look like in skin of color. And it's, it's it was kind of crazy for us because it kind of developed a little bit after our, these thoughts started developing after our training was done. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Maybe it doesn't look like that on everyone. Um, and then you start kind of thinking about even all the uh, maybe the darker Fitzpatrick type patients that I had who had just atopic derm that I was missing and just these little very, very common things. So I think the shift has definitely happened. It's like our minds were like open, like, oh, my gosh, we're misdiagnosing things because it looks different and we've never seen it because that's not how we were educated. But at some point that'll shift where hopefully it'll even seep into even medical school to the point where you're not even thinking about that consciously. You're just, you look at a, a lesion and you just know because you've seen so much variation of it because it's all about just that training that we get. So that's super exciting to kind of see in the future how that changes. But perfect. Thank you so much to all three of you. So great to see you guys. You're so great to see your success and all of the amazing things that you're doing. I'm really excited to see what you're doing in the next year or two. So we'll have to have you guys for part two to get a follow-up of where you end up, we'll have to see if VID opens up the UCSF Fresno Amazing Dermatology Center. We'll see what Alyssa is doing. You'll probably have maybe six or seven free clinics at that point. <laughs> and Karma, we'll see what you're doing with Complex Med Derm and changing that field. So, so excited to see see all of that. But thank you for, for being here. Mm -hmm.